turn over for the last time ever. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, for the last time in this series, at least, to Second Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> so last week, um, we started by uh, reading the last several verses of uh, this, this letter to Timothy, uh, Paul's last letter. Um, to uh, to Timothy, and uh, it would, as far as um, we know, be the last correspondence that Paul would have with Timothy before his death. Um, and as he closes out this letter, he mentions several people, gives some acknowledgments, gives some warnings to stay away from people, such as Alexander the coppersmith. Um, but the, of the people that he mentioned, last week we started looking at uh, two of them. Uh, we looked at Demas, who was uh, someone who left Paul in a lurch, left him when he needed him the most. Um, it's widely, uh, I guess, held within tradition that, uh, that Demas uh, fell away from the faith. Um, that's why he's often referred to as uh, the apostate. Um, not a whole lot is known after that about Demas, what, what would happen to him, uh, at least scripturally speaking. Um, but ultimately, we, we talked about the application that we can have and, and think about in regards to, to Demas and how he treated his brother, especially in, uh, in, a, in a time of need, uh, and how he treated his faith uh, in, in difficult times. We also looked at Luke. Uh, we called him Steadfast Luke, and uh, in our... In our look at Luke, we, we looked at just how he was always reliable. He was always the guy that, that uh, was looked at um, with great respect, with great honor. Uh, of course, he, he uh, bore the responsibility of bringing uh, not only uh, a gospel account uh, and one of, one of the most thorough gospel accounts uh, and well-written gospel accounts, but also the entire book of Acts. Um, which he wrote as he journeyed with Paul uh, along Paul's missionary journeys, uh, and as Luke, of course, documented the the early church. Um, so again, our the contrast that we looked at last week was this obviously a very stark contrast between uh, a, a person who was not reliable, um, who just left and seemingly never returned. Uh, and one who stood by Paul's side, uh, it would seem, until the end. Now, the difference that we noted last week was determined by the direction of their devotion. Right? Demas loved the world. That's what Paul said. He, he had passions for the world. Uh, and Luke, uh, had, he loved the Lord, and he loved his brother. Uh, and he showed that in his actions. So this week, uh, as we wrap up this, this letter, we're going to look at Mark. Uh, we're going to say we're going to call him penitent Mark. So Mark has an interesting story. Mark, um, go ahead and turn over to Acts chapter twelve. I know I told you to turn to Second Timothy first. Well, while you're there, let's just read the statement that Paul makes about uh, about Mark in verse eleven. Verse eleven, he says, "Luke alone is with me." 
Uh, and he asks Timothy to get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Now that part is important as we look at this timeline or this story of Mark. So turn over to Acts chapter 12. So we're going to start in uh, verse 12, where we um, learn a little bit about Mark. Verse 12 says uh, that Paul, uh, I'm sorry, Peter, uh, Peter went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. So, of course, this, this section of scripture is where Peter is uh, released, well, angelically released from prison, if you will. Uh, and uh, all the saints uh, in the area, or some of the saints in the area, were gathered there at Mary's house. Mary, who was the mother of John Mark. Um, and uh, they were praying for, for Peter. And of course, as you read through this, this is where we see uh, that they, you know, a woman heard Peter's voice and said, oh, it must be Peter's angel. And they didn't really believe um, that Peter was actually there. Um, now, uh, so we know that Mark, his name is, his name is John, he's also called Mark, son of Mary. He's also related to somebody else very important uh, in this uh, timeline or in the, in the, uh, the storyline of, of Paul and his missionary journeys. Look at uh, same chapter, Acts chapter 12, look at verse 25. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. So there we have John Mark once again. Why is that important? Well, um, if you look at Acts chapter 15, just real quick, jump over to Acts 15, verses, uh, starting in verse 36. Uh, actually, um, nope, that's not right. It's Acts 13, I think. We'll go to Acts 13. Acts 13, 5. <clears throat> I'm getting ahead of myself. Acts 13, 5. Uh, we see that John um, assisted Barnabas and Saul at Cyprus. So again, you know, as we left off in 12, John, whose other name was Mark, accompanied them as they left. And then in uh, verse 5 there, it just calls him John. No reference to uh, the one called Mark. Now, there are some uh, of differing belief that this is a different John, um, but context clearly points that this is the same person that was mentioned in the previous chapter, uh, as well as um, who was mentioned at the beginning of Acts chapter 12. Um, same John, just um, Luke didn't take the time this time to say the one also called Mark. Um, if you look over at verse 13, it says, Now Paul and his companions set sail for Paphos, and came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. All right, same John, but John leaves. That's an important. Uh, that's an important turning point in Mark's story. You see, Mark seemingly pulled a Demas here. Mark left, and that decision to leave 
whatever the reasoning was, caused a significant issue and a rift between Paul and Barnabas. So look over to Acts chapter 15 now. Verse 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John, called Mark. There he is again. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement, so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took... uh, took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and uh, uh, Cilicia, uh, strengthening the churches. So we have this... um, We have this rift now between Paul and Barnabas. And it was all based upon... Mark leaving. Now, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 10, we see a relationship between Mark and Barnabas. In Colossians 4, verse 10, we see that Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. So Mark and Barnabas are cousins. That's why Barnabas was so willing to, Uh, and ready to give him another chance uh, and wanted to bring him along. And that's why this argument um, was sparked between Paul and Barnabas. Now, whatever it was that Mark did or whatever reason why, why Mark left, um, obviously it didn't, it didn't sit well with Paul. However, while he seemingly pulled a Demas here, as we see in Colossians chapter 4 there, if we continue that verse, Colossians 4 verse 10, we see that uh, it says, uh, Mark the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. So it would seem that he's provi- he is proving useful to Paul, and that's exactly what Paul told Timothy in Verse 11 there, for he is very useful to me in ministry. So even though this situation happened, whatever happened between uh, he and Paul and, and, and Barnabas and all that, um, he, still, uh, he still sees him as useful. And so it would seem that Mark redeemed himself. We don't have a lot of information as to how he may have redeemed himself, whether he sought forgiveness Um, Or, again, we don't really know what caused all of that. But what we do know is that there was was something that happened that caused a rift, but that rift was forgiven. That rift was closed, and they were, again, brothers and and useful to one another. Uh, Peter also um, called him his son, much like Paul um, spoke about Timothy. If you look at 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, Verse 13, he mentions Mark sending greetings. And he calls Mark, 
my son. All right. So again, referring uh, in the same way in which Paul refers to Timothy as a son of, of the faith, um, which is, of course, holding someone in high esteem. Now, of course, we also know that this Mark also penned a gospel account. So obviously, he is very useful and was very useful for the Spirit and for God um, to preserve uh, his account of, of the gospel of Christ. Now, what happens to Mark is kind of held to tradition. We don't have a whole lot of scriptural evidences as to what happened to Mark. We do have uh, historical and, and church traditions that exist. It is believed that he uh, would go to Egypt, to Alexandria. Uh, and if you remember, Alexandria was the place in Egypt where many Jews uh, lived or were, were kind of placed um, during uh, different captivities. And that's where they called home. That's where the Septuagint uh, was eventually written as they were um, that they translated the Hebrew Bible into the Greek, um, and so Alexandria became Mark's home, and uh, the Coptic Church. <clears throat> if you ever heard of the Coptic Catholic Church uh, in Alexandria, um, they lay claim that uh, that Mark was their first bishop, uh, and they they um, I don't know saint sainted him or. It's kind of like knighting, right? No, uh, um, but uh, it was—it's uh, held traditionally that he was martyred in around 62 or 63 A.D. Uh, in Alexandria, uh, where he died uh, for his faith. So we have Mark, who um, obviously, uh, because he was uh, martyred, he, w- he was considered a martyr, and which means that he died because of his faith or and, and held to his faith until the end. Um, clearly we have um, an example of, of where a lot of us probably lie in our faith. When we look at Demas and we look at Luke, we have the two extremes. We have not very faithful, not faithful at all, losing faith, becoming apostate in Demas. And then you have Luke, who is steadfast in his faith, and he's always there. And now we have Mark. Mark, who fits right in the middle of Demas and Luke because he went from a Demas to a Luke. Actually, he went from a Luke to a Demas back to a Luke, if you want to be, be particular. Um, so, as we did with uh, the other two, well, we follow in the steps of Mark. And I think for most of us, and I would count myself even in this, is that we're more like Mark than we are Luke. Our service to God and our brethren has not really been what it should be. We've not been as steadfast and as dependable as, as Luke. But rather than uh, where Luke was, I, I think about Revelation chapter 3 when, when Jesus is talking about hot and cold and how he would rather us be hot or cold and not lukewarm. And I think about these three individuals and you have Luke who would be the hot, Demas who would be the cold, and Mark who would seemingly be that lukewarm individual. But maybe like Mark and even Demas, we've left other brethren in the lurch at points. We haven't been there for them when they needed us most. But the example of Mark gives us hope, and it gives us direction, and it gives us an example. Because even though he may have made a mistake, mistakes can be forgiven, they can be corrected. 
We may have been useless at one point, but we can still become useful for ministry. We talked about ways that we can do that this morning as well. We can accept opportunities uh, for service, for restoration. Next week we're going to be looking in our morning uh, sermon on uh, how we are saved to serve. Um, service is an important part of, of the good life, whether it be how we serve one another, how we serve those uh, who are not Christians, and how we serve our, our, our brothers and sisters outside of the church. You know, Paul talked about in Second uh, Timothy about the race, about running the race, fighting the good fight. Are we responding to the similar calls to get back up and continue that race for faith? See, Mark had the potential to just do as Demas did and fall away from faith, but he returned. I'm not saying that many of us today, if we are like Mark, have lost faith, but perhaps we are lukewarm. Perhaps we are not as steadfast as Luke. But again, there's hope. There's hope of restoration. There's hope of of uh, increasing our faith and our maturity in it. So that wraps up Second Timothy. With the tale of, of three men, we have the apostate Demas, the steadfast Luke, and the penitent Mark. In the course of our spiritual journey in this life, which person are we striving to be? Hopefully we never strive to be like Demas. That doesn't seem like something that one should should uh, try to excel to be like. But hopefully, ideally, we'd be like Luke. But if necessary, uh, at least be like Mark, with the goal of being like Luke. So remember the difference, though, between these three men and the difference really when it comes to, to our life is the direction of our devotion. Are we in love with the world? Do we have the passions of this world? Or are we in love with the Lord? Do we love the Lord and love the brethren? That will determine a lot in your life. So that concludes our study on Second, Second Timothy. The second and final letter to uh, the young preacher. And uh, this final application and lesson that Paul leaves us with is a great way to wrap up this study. You see, we began this second letter discussing Paul's encouragement to serve God with a pure conscience and have a genuine faith. Throughout the letter, Paul emphasizes the importance of faith and putting that faith to work. And of course, we wrap up with some examples of those who excelled at those things and those who failed. So are you putting forth the faithful effort to have an active faith? fighting the good fight, seeking opportunities to share your faith in the inspired Word of God. I hope you are, and I pray that you'll continue in uh, building up your faith, building up your knowledge and growing in maturity of the faith so to bring more to the knowledge of the truth. If we can assist you with that tonight, or if you have another need, any other need, if you wish to be baptized for the remission of your sins, won't you come now while we stand and sing?